Same little vertical horizon for us. Are you recording? Better not be. I'm recording when I'm not going to use it. Okay. Hold on. I've already forgot the lyrics. Because <laughs> I got Pardon Me stuck in my head. <laughs> Sing Pardon Me if you want. I just want to hear the pipes. <laughs> oh, uh, did you know there's a new Michael Jackson album coming out tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Oh, are you going to listen to that? Here and you don't know why she's everything you want, she's everything you need, she's everything in spite of you. I wish you could be. All right, welcome to episode 10 of the Nerds Landing Podcast. As always, this is Josh. We made it, guys. It's episode 10. We made it. Double digits. I'm Scott. Double digits. Feels like uh, an anniversary almost. I know. It's like a special occasion. So uh, if we make it to episode 100, are we going to go to Vegas? Um, no, Vegas is overrated. We're going to go to Atlantic City. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, try to quadruple our chances of STDs and you know uh, getting arrested. That's look, great. Look, you know. if Go big or stay home. Yeah. Go big or stay home. All well right. said. Well said. Figure I'd help you out there. <laughs> All right. So if you're one of the three, maybe four people <laughs> that have listened to every episode. Hi, Mom. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, we're not stopping anytime soon unless Scott gets famous for, you know, singing, dancing, yep. whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we're going to do something a little different this week. Uh, we're going to talk about current events since nobody else will shut the fuck up about them. We might as well jump in. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's our civic duty to talk about everything that's going on in the world yeah. via Facebook. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, you'll talk about the things that are ruining our everyday lives. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Uh, so what do you want to start with? Um, well, the biggest news of the century, um, the incredible, the person that everybody thought was going to live forever, Hugh Hefner, has passed away. Yeah, to me, that just means that none of us are going to make it much longer because I feel like he was holding on until he saw a sign that we were going to be extinguished. So, yeah, all those, all those hurricanes, earthquakes. He's like, I got to get out of here. And uh, he survived uh, the 80s with AIDS. Uh, You know, of course, he didn't have AIDS, but, you know, the 80s. That we know of. Well, you know, if he survived with AIDS, he's the Magic Johnson of of magazine uh, entrepreneurs. he He had a mansion with, like, 10... Super hot chicks living in there all at, at least, the same time. At like, least. So, what was the first time you became aware of Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion and all that stuff? Um, Weezer. Uh, their Beverly Hills music video. I remember that. That was my first. I was like, oh, okay. Beverly Hills. That song? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I want to be. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, now, the first thing that comes to mind, I remember that uh, 
they went to the Playboy Mansion on an episode of Fresh uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, why they were there? Oh, uh, Hillary was going to pose in Playboy. Ooh, risque. Right. Uh, so Uncle Phil, Carlton, and uh, Will uh, tracked her down to the Playboy Mansion uh, to stop her from posing. Uh, so yeah, you know that was. You and I are about the same age as that show, pretty close. So almost thirty years ago. Yeah. Not to make us older than what we are. Uh, and then I remember, what else? Uh, they did an MTV Cribs based on the Playboy Mansion. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember that. I yeah. I remember that. And uh, they showed the infamous grotto, you know, the pool that's like underneath the cave. Yes, I do remember that. <clears throat> and then I remember there were a couple of uh, movies that focused on it. Uh, did you see the movie Miss March? I did, unfortunately. Awful movie. So was uh, House Bunny. Pretty terrible, too. <sighs> well... Just anything with Anna Ferris, just don't watch her. Anna Ferris, you not however a, you... You're not a Anna Ferris fan? Heck no. Chris Pratt, you did the right thing. Oh, man. Hot take. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, um, I knew that after he got like buff and hot and was like doing good movies and stuff, that that wasn't going to work out. Yeah. She only liked him because he was fat and not as pretty. So... Yeah, she's one of those, like, she's attainable, and he became unattainable for her. For her, yeah. I think so, too. As soon as he showed up in, um, I don't think it was so much Guardians of the Galaxy that made me think that. I think Jurassic Park. Yeah, that was one. World, whatever Yeah, that was when he had his second big hit as the action hero. That was like, oh, they're in trouble. Because then she comes out with the CBS sitcom, which, yeah, that makes awesome money but it's a completely different lifestyle of mm-hmm. being like a world traveling movie star right and then he's in this you know kind of sexy movie with Jennifer Lawrence which I still haven't seen yeah did um, you see that Passengers no I heard it was garbage um, but I also heard that that is the reason why they're not together anymore I know that that's the rumor out there it was never confirmed but we sound like uh, freaking TMZ over here I mean, I mean, well, sometimes they admit to it, sometimes they don't, but, yeah. well, you know, it's like, you know how many co-stars, like, Will Smith has been linked to? I mean, fuck. Right. Um, you know, it's not always a Brad and Angelina situation where it turns out to be true. I just hate that I know all this. It feels, feels <laughs> terrible that I know it all these details. It gets forced down our throat in a social media age. Right. Uh, so, anyway, I was going to say, House Bunny might have aged a little better than what I thought. It was one of those movies I went to see it with my sister who doesn't like very many like dirty movies. So, you know, I get self-conscious watching those movies around people that might be a little more offended than me. Uh, but if I remember right, even um, Emma Stone was in that movie. I think she was. Yeah. So that might have aged better than uh, Miss March, was, which was terrible. Uh, and then, of course, i not going to lie. I have a little bit of experience with the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> what what man doesn't? Let's be honest. Even after they stopped, like for because this year I think they stopped with actual like nudity. They actually brought it back. Oh, they did. Uh, okay. From what I what I read. Well, <clears throat> I mean, what 
like even in Friends, like I, I watch Friends every night, just something to do. Um, you know, eat it. Another hot eat, take. Eat dinner, eat dinner while watching Friends. friends. Uh, go to sleep watching Friends. Yeah, I just watch Friends. Um, that makes sense. You're a big fan of uh, How I Met Your Mother, so yeah. it makes sense that you would like Friends. And um, you know, I I just recently watched the episode where Ross submitted a joke to Playboy, and so the whole episode is basically. Him and Chandler arguing about who gets credit for the joke that's in the Playboy magazine. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Playboy was the jokes, and uh, Penthouse was like the sexy stories. Yeah, uh, right. Um, I remember. I don't want to implicate anybody here, but uh, I remember finding a couple, and then I remember purchasing one. <laughs> I think everybody has that. They're like even even girls, you know, you turn 18, you have a rite of passage moment where you're yeah. like I'm finally an adult. For for most guys, it's yeah. buying a Playboy, buying a dirty movie. But honestly, uh when I went and did it, nothing felt more childish. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like I can't believe I'm in line doing this. Right. And um <clears throat> I remember going and buying it in you know, like the uh um like the clerk was a woman. Oh God! No, you got to go to the U scans. <laughs> you just go to the no, U scans. I, yeah, I remember we don't have very many stores that are like that that will sell it. Like I went to like an actual, you know, risque place. Oh, uh, no, nothing but women work there. Of course you did. Yeah, uh, but it made it a lot more awkward. And uh, you know, good thing my mom doesn't listen to this show. <clears throat> um. Anyway, Hugh Hefner, um, it, it's a big loss just in the sense that he had a a certain free spirit that was very American. And, you know, we can get into a debate of whether he um, objectified women or all that type of stuff. And I know we have varying opinions on that type of stuff. But uh, to me, he made it okay for women to be sexual. Yeah, I mean, you, and, had, you had people growing up wanting to be a playboy bunny, you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's something that they like wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, to me, you know, he was as much as an actor as anybody else, you know, he created a persona, he lived it. You know, we applaud actors, athletes, professional wrestlers for being the person that they are on TV. Why would we feel any differently about him? Yeah. And uh fun fact for all of you guys out there listening, uh, ladies too, Hugh Hefner sold his mansion. He sold the Playboy Mansion last year for a hundred million to um, can't remember who he sold it to, but he sold it, and they signed a contract with the condition that he lived there until he died. Like mm. the the new owner was not allowed to move in until he died. So yeah. to me, sounds like the new owner got tired of waiting. Conspiracy. Or he was ninety one years old. And, hey, hey. Or and had enough. You know, sex, smokes, and booze. You know, the basically killing the other man. I think that's probably what it was. Hey, if if Ric Flair can do it, so can you. Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do when Flair goes. <clears throat> He's never. I'm buying him a hyper, hyperbolic time chamber. Hyperbolic. Yeah. Hyperbaric. Yeah. Hyper. <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't know what a hyperbolic chamber is, but I know what a hyper hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Is. Well, it's happening. <laughs> Either way. Um, 
All right, so RIP to uh, Hugh Hefner. Uh, probably never going to be anybody else quite like him. Yeah, I, I think that he really shined um, in his own way, you know, a very controversial way, but, you know, he shined yeah. in his own ways. And uh, what's interesting is that by today's standards, I don't know, he kind of, he and Playboy kind of operate in a really weird space in 2017 where um, the, the way that a modeling and sex is like that um, you're not allowed to have an opinion about it you can simultaneously <clears throat> want it in your face 24 hours a day uh, but if you don't want it in your face um, you're I don't know you can be characterized as anything for having an opinion now so, on one hand, Playboy is infinitely more risque and sexual than a lot of what we have going on right now. A very, very sanitized uh, public now that you can't say anything. And on the other hand, you, I, could be, I could be looking at porn right now on the same device they're recording on. I hope you're not. That'd be uh, awkward. It would be awkward. And that's not my back. Uh, but it's so easy to get that now that something like Playboy looks pretty benign. So, anyway, I think, Hugh, you got out at the right time. Things were going to get worse before they got better. Uh, you lived through the golden ages. Salute. All right. So, um, I guess next, well, do you want, you want to talk about some NCAA issues or do you want to move on to the NFL stuff? Um, he, both are controversial, so you pick. Let's do it. Well, I, since we're kind of working in reverse here, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the NCAA. Okay, going from ancient to uh, college. I hear it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, something that hits close to home for us, you know, I live in Louisville. You're not that far away. Stone's throw. You know, you work in Louisville. Yeah, and grew up in Louisville. Um, I went to Louisville. And now Louisville might not have a basketball team this season. <laughs> so, Well, this shouldn't be breaking news if you're somebody that's in our network of people. But, uh, of course, uh, Rick Pitino, uh, legendary college basketball coach at UK and UofL, uh, was put on administrative leave. Unpaid. Unpaid, which, you know, he's got money. He'll be all right. Uh, but... Uh, there's a scandal uh, in which the FBI has uh, filed indictments against uh, several schools uh, for uh, working with shoe companies uh, to pay players uh, and to influence where they go to school and which uh, shoe brand uh, they choose to represent once they jump to the pros. Uh, just a little backstory because I think this is very important to the story. Uh, is that about 10 years ago, uh, the NBA decided that they no longer wanted high school kids to jump to the NBA. Uh, They had to be one year removed uh, from their high school graduation uh, or 19. Um, So you could basically go to college uh, for a year uh, or you can go and play uh, overseas. So 
you would no longer have the exceptional talent of guys like uh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron. Uh, Kevin Garnett, LeBron, like you said, uh, Tracy McGrady, uh, jumping to the NBA, they would go to college first. So, um, I think that's an important factor here, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely. And I don't understand. It'd be different if it was like college football, like you're required to go three years. Yeah. Uh, college basketball, it's one year. One yeah. year. What What is one year going to do? You, uh, well, you have more of an opportunity to ruin your draft stock in one year than you do to improve it. Right. Um, I mean, if anything, you're hurting the players. Because what if they go to college and have, and this is Coach Cal's argument for all the one and done. You know, why Why should I keep a John Wall or DeMarcus Cousins in college when they could have a career-ending injury next season? And why would they want to? And Yeah. Like, and it, you know, so, so I, I think, especially now with, uh, I've always hated the NCAA with how they've treated It's things. the most corrupt bullshit organization I mean, on the planet. You Colleges wouldn't have to, and I, I got into a pretty heated exchange at uh, work about it uh, because people are saying, well, they do get paid and they get paid legitimately because they're getting free college. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, NCAA makes millions on billions. these kids. Billions with a B. Billions on yeah. these kids. Yeah. You know, I probably, you know, 50... To a um, you know fifty to a hundred million per college, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these and they're paying what fifty thousand per scholarship. Maybe. Maybe, and we'll say you know, just for numbers' sake, fifty thousand is the average because you know you got like Duke, Yale, those super expensive schools. Yeah, and you know these guys living on campus and getting meal plans and right. that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're still making billions of dollars even after you've spent yeah. five million in scholarships. Yeah. And these kids are expected to if they're on an NCAA scholarship, they're not allowed to have a job. Basketball becomes their job. They can get in serious trouble. They can get kicked off the team like a normal job. Um, so to me, it just really shows how desperate I guess the schools are for doing this hundred thousand dollar scandal, you know, paying players a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and it shows how jacked up the system truly is. I've been saying the system's been fucked for years, and yeah. this really kind of, I think that this is the nail in the coffin that is is the NCAA because if you remember, they stopped doing the NCAA games because they were making money off the players. Yeah, the NCAA video games. Well, for me. A, if you didn't know this was happening, uh, you had your head up your ass. Right. Um, you know, this has been how it's gone for basically forever. Uh, probably since it's been established, honestly. Uh, because when the NCAA was formed, it was about collegiate athletics and enriching lives and providing scholarships and, uh, you know, some type of rallying point. For the community, and then sports became the biggest entertainment entity in the country, if not the world. So, what? Let's just pretend. Let's say I'm a 18 year old kid. Whether I'm good at school is irrelevant. 
I'm good enough to play in the NBA. And through an arbitrary rule that the league I want to go to has created, I can't jump straight to the NBA, even though I have the skills and I don't want to go to college. Because why do you go to college? To get a good job that pays. Education is great, but in this world you have to make money. So if a school says to me, we're going to start you, insure your draft stock, and pay you $100,000, that's where we're going to go. Why the fuck would I care if Rick Pitino, Tom Jurich, uh, or anybody else loses their job? Why would I care if fans get their feelings hurt that their coach gets fired and we don't and they don't get to play the games? The NCAA is about making money. The NBA is about making money, and I will always root for the organization that tells me what they're about. The NCAA wants you to think it's about sport, it's about competition. And it's, it's about both of those things, but it's also about making money. So I have zero anger about Rick Pitino. I'm not the biggest UFL fan, but I will say this. He did what a lot of other coaches have done. Oh, yeah. and I, I mean, 11 schools have been cited in this case. I think it's, it's going to grow. Gonna be, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it won't always be as big of $100,000. It'll be cars, houses for people's families. Because, I don't know, the shitty stereotype is that these kids often come from rough backgrounds, and a lot of them do. Yeah, Because if you're not rich in this country, you're fucking poor. Yeah, and I remember the big, it was a big ordeal when LeBron bought his mom that Hummer, or supposedly bought his mom that Hummer. Yeah, back when the Hummer was a... Really nice, expensive car. Well, Um, it's like, plus back then... You know, he could go in the NBA. You know, ESPN was showing this kid's games on television. And he's not supposed to get any of the money. Right. And uh, if I'm I'm a five-star, we've seen two five-star recruits decommit from U of L. Already. Yeah. If I'm a five-star recruit, I'm not going to college. I'm going to go overseas, sign a one- or two-year deal, and make money, and... Then go to the NBA. That well, makes more sense to me but if, than going to college. But these coaches that have been recruiting and selling kids on their universities for, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, they're going to say to this guy, well, well, look at what, or look at how high these kids that come to this school are drafted. Like the UK, like the UK basketball program is essentially NBA light. Coach Kyle Perry gets these kids ready to play. That's what he sells them on. And until the NBA works with the NCAA to get rid of this rule, it's just going to stay the same. Because if your job is to sell tickets and to win championships, or whether it's conference championships, NIT, NCAA, you're going to do whatever it takes to keep that job. Yeah, I I honestly um, wouldn't put it past the NBA because Commissioner Silver, I, I really like him. You know, he seems uh, to he seems have to, his finger on the pulse. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if he looked at this whole fraud case and watched it unfold and say, you know, we got to do something. You know, this 
this rule is hurting more than it is helping. Right. And change it. And uh, let's be honest, you know, we're both pretty big NBA fans. I am a much bigger NBA fan than I am a college basketball fan. Um, I watch during the conference tournaments. I watch during the, the tournament at the end of the year. Um, I think the NCAA is a fraud. I think most of their fucking fans are frauds. Um, most of the teams that people root for, they have no ties to that school. Uh, they might have lived in that state. They might have developed an emotional connection. But anybody that's been in, and I'm not a Rick Pitino defender, he fucked up. Multiple times. Several times. He deserved to be fired. Absolutely. But to say that he's the fucking devil, you know, because he had the balls to pay a kid a hundred grand or get him a hundred grand from Adidas. And what's Adidas' skin in the game? Yeah. You know, they're always going to be number two to Nike. Um, I think that I look at teams that have Adidas as all oftentimes being inferior to Nike teams. Oh, absolutely. I don't know why I feel that way. That Well... Think about it, Scott. You and I are both wearing Nike glasses right now, aren't we? And Nike. Well, I'm wearing Nike shoes. I wear Nikes almost every day. So, why should Adidas apologize? Right. Honestly, why should the coaches apologize? They're the only ones, in my opinion, taking care of the player. Hey, we're going to give you money. Yeah. Like, yes, it's for selfish gain because they want the prestige of, like, oh, I coached. John Wall. Oh, yeah. I coached, uh, you know, the the best that there is. Yeah. They're getting that selfishly, but the player's getting taken care of. And let's think of it this way. Uh, Rick Pitino was paid more than most NBA coaches. Yeah, he was. He and was, he's not going to treat it like a fucking business? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, if I remember right, $7.5 million. Plus, I mean, he, he looks like he's best friends with Whitey Bulger. I mean, he looks like a freaking... Boston mobster. Oh, well, New York, but he yeah, he doesn't look like, you know, he looks like a shady fucker. Yeah. Just but, like how, I mean, don't most of them look like shady motherfuckers? They do. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, I, I can't fault anybody. I can't fault the players. I can't fault the coaches. I can't fault Adidas. Nothing. I, I mean, the only thing I can say is you, you should have done a better job of hiding your tracks. Yeah, and um, I have zero sympathy or derision to throw toward uh, Rick Pitino. Right. Uh, yeah, the hooker thing was pretty pretty rough, but find me a college campus, a real college campus on this country where the players, A, aren't having sex with co-eds, or B, Getting hookers and strippers. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's big down in Tennessee. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, a couple of years ago, we got uh, in a lot of trouble with the NCAA for um, taking kids to the, taking recruits to strip clubs and stuff like that. Is that something Bruce Pearl was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrible. He played his own son yeah. in the well, lineup. Well, yeah. His son was terrible. <laughs> like Doc Rivers Good playing God. Austin Rivers. Well, at least Austin Rivers can play. Yeah. He's in the league. Yeah. Well, the we, in this case, you're talking about Tennessee Volunteers. And I've been a free agent for many years when it comes to college basketball. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I Like, you pay attention to it, but you don't really care. Yeah. I 
you know, I know so many people that, A, have never stepped on UK or UofL's campus. And they act like they're a fucking alumni paying into the system. So, to me, if UofL gets the death penalty and the city of Louisville puts their ass in gear to get an NBA team here to fill up the Yum Center, I'll I'll let them die on that sword every day. Right. Yeah, the only thing I'm upset about with UofL is... Um is them potentially losing their accreditation because the governor fired half of the board without, like, it kind of broke the board of accreditations rules or something like that. I was reading about it. I, I don't know the full details. Well, there's so much going on, and it's like there's so many rumors about what is and what isn't going to happen. Yeah, I know it's and, irrelevant to the FBI probe, but still, yeah. I mean, if, if the UofL loses its accreditation, that, that impacts a lot of our friends. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be okay. I don't think it'll that that wouldn't happen. It's still just a sport. Um, but for me, let's just—I I think I wrote something on Facebook about this. Let's pretend Rick Pitino didn't know about the hookers a couple of years ago. For the sake of argument, I'll even pretend he didn't even know about the one hundred thousand dollar payment. A college basketball coach. What it used to mean was that you were taking kids, developing them as people, and getting them ready for not necessarily the NBA, getting them ready for the real world after college. getting them ready for life. But there's so much money in sports, billions of dollars in sports, and there's billions of dollars in youth sports, AAU sports, uh... Collegiate, uh, collegiate athletics, professional sports, that it corrupted the entire system. So what we need to have happen is get rid of the one-and-done rule. The kids that think they're good enough, let them go. And if they can't make it, let them try to get into a school if they don't get drafted. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I agree. And so you have players that are more dedicated to the programs, like UK. <sighs> They fuck around for the first 30 games, generally, uh, except for the year where they almost went undefeated when they had... That was Anthony Davis year, wasn't it? No, they won the title that year. That wasn't the almost undefeated year? No, that was... um, Who was that? It wasn't John Wall and DeMarcus. No. Um, Even though that was the... Uh, That was the team that had... uh, I think the team that had Collie Stein and Devin Booker. And okay. Those guys. I forget who the star was. Um, I don't know. Good question. Well. I thought Collie Stein. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I knew it was like one of the biggest stars in the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was yeah. the year that they got beat uh, by Wisconsin. Yeah. He got, he got the shit kicked out of him by Frank Kaminsky. Charlotte Hornet. <laughs> so, you know, I've always thought pretty ill of the NCAA. It's a corrupt system where they're making all this money and you pull these kids off the streets. Not all of them, but a lot of them you pull these kids in from um, low-income situations and you expect them not to want a piece of the pie when a lot of them were taking fucking business classes. Right. 
Like if I'm taking economics classes and I'm working 60 hours a week and still expected to at least show up to class and the most I get is the responsibility of taking those classes and maybe a meal plan, I'm not getting enough. And you people out there that think that we're full of shit, that they're getting this great education, yeah, but they're not getting it for free. Yeah. I I mean, I went to L. I saw the football players in the back of the room sleeping every day. Like they, yeah. they might be at a great school, but they're not yeah. getting that education. Not, and, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them do. I'm sure a lot of them actually take school seriously, but there's, yeah, I mean, there's them. academic all Americans from, uh, probably from U of L and let me rant for a second while we're on the issue of sports and pay. Uh, yeah, they're technically playing a game and getting paid, but they work. They work. Yeah, they don't get a off lot. Days. There's no such thing as an off day in sports. If if they're not, if they're not at practice, they're training and they're doing something. Right. Yeah. So it's I not mean, like these guys are showing up and they don't do anything for their money. Yeah, it's a great privilege to play sports and get paid, but it's not like they're not doing anything. Right. Even I mean, even though it's called the off season they're still training they're still making yeah. sure they're eating and they don't get paid in the off season right they don't get paid in the off season they're making sure they're doing things that aren't going to injure them yeah like they're constantly taking care of themselves and you know the the men that own these teams often men are billionaires in a world like that you should get paid off the money you generate if you generate millions or billions, you should get paid millions. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's hard to compute for people out there that like I don't make a ton of money, but no one scoffs if an actor an actor makes twenty million dollars a movie for you know four hours worth of camera work. So anyway, I feel like we're a little fired up this week. It's been a crazy week. So let's get to the main course, which is the worst course. Uh, so uh, let's back it up. In uh, 2016, uh, former, keyword, former uh, NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick uh, began kneeling during the national anthem uh, to protest uh, racial inequality and uh, police brutality toward the black community. This was a big deal, uh, A, because he was uh, you know, making the police unhappy. Uh, he was sending outrage through the NFL fan base. Uh, so it happened to be a contract year. So that was a big risk for him, in my opinion, to do that in a contract year. Uh, so coming into the 2017 season, uh, he does not have a job. And other players have decided to kneel during the national anthem, uh, either in support of Colin Kaepernick or for the causes that he began kneeling for last season. Um, I'll just start with saying the kneeling did not offend me. Uh, I am a proponent of free speech. Look at what I'm doing every week. A podcast where people can hear my views. Uh, I post my opinions on Facebook. Uh, if somebody... Well, Ask me what my opinion is. I'll often tell it. So it would be extremely out of character for me 
to be upset with somebody for expressing their views, even though I would feel inclined to stand during a national anthem. I will say that. So before we get into this week, how do you feel about, or how did you feel about Colin Kaepernick last year? Honestly, um, last year specifically, Colin Kaepernick, I didn't understand the next steps. I didn't mind the protest. Um, you know, I, I got it. I understood why he was doing it. It made sense to me um, why that was important because, you know, the last couple of years we've had a lot of unarmed black men die at the hands of um, police officers police or officers. otherwise. Even if it was an accident, I'm, you know, not throwing, I'm not saying police officers are bad. I'm not saying that, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, a lot of innocent or unarmed black men incorrectly right, and were inappropriately treated. Um, so nothing else we could say that some effort needs to be done to strengthen the relationship between, uh, between community and badge. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, I feel like that is a white man sometimes. Right. Um, I, like I said, I respect the protest. Um, but my biggest issue with it, my only issue with it was what is this going to spawn? What is the next step? Because you're, you're telling me what you're protesting, but you're not telling me what to do about it. You're not telling me how we can fix it. Like you're, you're starting the conversation which the conversation quickly turned from, I'm protesting um, injustice and racial inequality to you're disrespecting America. That became the narrative. The narrative strayed from the original mission. And I think that if next steps were clearly defined Mm -hmm. or at least we could see what's on the horizon. I think it would have been received a little better and it would have been a little bit more understood. Well, and I also think that he took some flack for the fact that he did this when he was no longer a starter in the league. Um, I don't 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 think that was important. I don't think so either. I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're freaking Trent Richardson. Yeah. Well, just the idea that he was doing it to bring attention onto himself, but you know, the NFL is not like the NBA. You know, they don't welcome this type of thing the way the NBA does. It's, it's just a different type of league, different, much younger owners, more liberal owners in the NBA. Honestly, I think um, any sports other than the NFL would be okay with it. Um, I think baseball might have some difficulties. Um, a little bit more of a traditional belief system in there. Yeah, I mean, fun fact for the day. Um just throwing out quick Isn't facts. Isn't that your second fun fact? Then? Yeah, I'm just throwing them out. You're fucking um, fun. I mean, the whole tradition of standing for the National Anthem started in the World Series, Cubs against the Red Sox. Um, you know, that that is what started that anthem being played in sports. Um, and, and we that do was it. During, I mean, that was during war. That was wartime. Yeah, it was a different type of it circumstance. It's a different type of circumstance. We're not... Over the years, we've had wars, but we're not in wartime right now. Yeah, yeah North Korea is trying to. Trying yeah, to mess yeah with I think us, we but. still have some some stuff going on in the Middle East as far as trying to get out of there. But uh, you know, we're not in a, a world war, and right. uh, and um, so let's kind of jump into it. Uh, last week, well, 
even a little further. During at the start of the season, we're three weeks into the twenty seventeen NFL season, and players across the league have uh, demonstrated by either kneeling during the anthem or you know talking to the press about different issues. And I think it's gotten a lot um, more pronounced this year with our current administration that's in place. Um, our country elected a president uh, that does not have a good reputation uh, for dealing with minorities uh, or uh, equality. So I think that spurred a lot of it on. So last week he was at a... Uh, Last Friday, I believe it was. Uh, he was at a, a rally in Alabama. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said that uh, when a player kneels during the anthem and disrespects the country and the flag, uh, the owner should get that son of a bitch off the field. So, and I think my reaction is very similar to the reaction that I had when people were getting very up in arms about Colin Kaepernick. Because I'm a big believer that before we get into what somebody's position is, our true responsibility is to respect and to uphold that person's right to express that opinion about above anything else. And I think that's what gets lost here. People are so quick to put their opinion of what that person is doing out front, but not really acknowledge the right to do it. So when you have a president, and sorry I'm going on so long here, but when you have a president that openly condemns the uh, expression of free speech, peaceful protest, by the way, uh, far different from what we had in Charlottesville a couple of months ago when he described neo-Nazis as some very nice people on that side. And then he calls NFL players sons of bitches for participating in peaceful protest. So I'll say again, I would stand during the national anthem and go about expressing my views in different ways. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't or wouldn't uphold the right of other people to express themselves that way. So I find it really disappointing to have a president that attacks free speech and attacks a group of people that he clearly doesn't understand and that is predominantly black, you know, especially with the people that were doing it before he got involved. And of course, long story short, they had more demonstrations after him talking than ever before. Oh yeah, the whole league took notice. I mean, entire teams were kneeling. Right. So what what was your reaction to his rhetoric, you know, to him you know, trying in my opinion, you'll put a squash on a a form of free speech. Honestly, like I mean this is going to sound pretty stupid for me saying this, um, but I don't honestly I don't see how it's any of his business. Just like uh, like it I'm not the owner of Ben and Jerry's. So Correct. it's none of my business what the employees at Ben and Jerry's do as long as it does not interfere with the service I receive. Fair to right. say? 
um, you're still getting a quality football game. You're still getting, um, you know, the entertainment that you turn the TV on for. Mm -hmm. Um, You have no say in the ownership of that team. You have no say in the players that they hire, the players that they fire, the players that they trade. Right. So for you to say, for, for him to basically tell the owners, take action and fire these people, that's not your place. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that you're the figurehead of the United States. And that's a problem for a lot of people by itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a problem for me. He Go for Bernie. Um, but at the end of the day, like, the protest and what it stands for is everyone's business. Mm-hmm. But the financial side and saying, you know, you're fired or you should fire these people, that's that's not your business. Right. And as a um, quote-unquote Republican, I don't even consider him to be a Republican, um, his approach should be more about allowing these men to run their business, you know, without government interference. And to me, government interference is no more flagrant than a a president saying you should fire somebody. Right. I mean, you can't. Like I said, I, it was dumb analogy, but I can't go into a, into a restaurant. I don't find that to be a dumb analogy. I no. can't go into a restaurant. I can't go into a store and tell yeah. the owner, you should fire this person yeah. because they stocked the shelves in a manner of which I find disrespectful. Right. Like, or because that, or the person that they hired as a Muslim or doesn't have your same political views. Uh, your only real way of... of recourse is to choose to not be a customer. Right. And I would, the only thing I would say to your point is that a lot of people will say that this is interfering with their enjoyment of the product. And the way I see it is that I understand both sides of it. But to me, what's most important is that, you know, we uphold those rights of uh, these people to protest or to uh, bring attention but I would say that I think it would be a good idea for the players to be more verbal about what they're seeing and what they want and how they would like things to be changed. Right. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I need a, a plan of action. I'm right. 100, I'm 100% behind you if you have a action, if you've got plans in place. I'm because, all for it. But if you're just doing it with no thought of okay let's fix the problem now we've identified the problem now let's fix it if you're not trying to fix it in some manner i can't get behind you or even if you say to me um i'm colin kaepernick um i've seen a lot of examples of police brutality and inequality in my community i would like to see this change i'd like to bring more eyes to this issue I would like to work with city, uh, state, federal officials uh, to come with up a solution. I'd like to be a part of that process. Other than saying, this is what happens, it needs to change. Right. That's not enough. Yeah, agreed. Um, because in the end, <laughs> we ask a lot, uh, sometimes not enough, but a lot of times we ask a lot of the people that govern us and there is a lot of issues with the people that govern us, whether it's a local, state, or federal level. But in the end, we have to uh, take responsibility 
for our communities and we have to help people in our communities. So I'm not saying these people aren't doing enough or that it's their, it's only their responsibility to do something, but I want to see more work done on both sides. And people want to bash these millionaire athletes and tell them to stick to sports so that they don't have the right because they're athletes. They're human beings. That's all the right they need. They're human beings. And if you want to get to on a more quote-unquote brass tax level, they pay more into the government than any of us do. You know, you think they're playing tax-free on that $100 million contract? Heck no. So I just don't understand where somebody gets off saying they don't have the right. And you can be angry. You can say, I don't think you should kneel for the flag. But your next uh, sentence should be, but what are you protesting? And as an American citizen, how can we make this better? Yeah, Nobody wants to have that conversation. Yeah, I think that um, I think you're on to something. Like I think that if all if all the people that are offended by people kneeling, people sitting, yeah. people standing with their fist raised, whatever the case may be, if you're offended by the protest, if you approach it and say, "What can I do to get you to stop protesting?" Right. What can not I, because I don't want you to have the right to do it. But what can I do to make the issue not yeah. an issue? But what. What is this thing that's driving you to piss me off every week? Right. What can I do to fix your solution so I don't, or to fix your problem so that I don't have to see it anymore? Yeah. And in uh, the I end, mean, to get to the it, politically incorrect way of putting it, you know? Yeah. And in the end, maybe you learn something about the people that are supposed to be your neighbors. And like I said, I would probably stand for a national anthem. That's what I've always done. Um, I don't always like what this country does, but it's the country I live in. I'm not willing to go somewhere else, so I should be invested in what happens to it. So, all I can say <laughs> is that as a as a sports fan, and let's even put it like this: as an NFL fan, I'm more upset. When players beat women and still make it on the field, and that almost 100% of retired NFL players get a brain disease, that should be profoundly more upsetting than a peaceful protest during the national anthem. And what I was always taught was that America means something that different to everybody. That means that the national anthem and the flag can too. If for someone like Colin Kaepernick, we're 80% there or 75% there. And that 25% makes that person want to speak out. That is the right given to you by being in this country. And I'm always going to be supportive of veterans and what they've done. But if you say, yeah, I went and fought for your freedom, fuck you for doing this, then why'd you fight for the freedom? If you're not going to uphold somebody's right to express the freedoms that you fought for, then what was the point? Yeah. And see, I'm I'm weird. I'm kind of a basket case. I, I'm not big on symbolism, period. Like, 
I look at the flag, it's a piece of cloth. I look at, uh, you know, I listen to the Star Spangled, but the national anthem, it's just a song. Yeah. Like, I, I get why so, so many people are mesmerized and, you know, care so profoundly about it. Yeah. I, I care more about the actions that the people did. Like, to me, that's more important than... Yeah. the symbol that is supposed to and, represent those actions. And for I just, me, just let me like those actions. And for me, those men aren't protesting the flag. They're not protesting the national anthem. They're doing something to get your attention. That's what it's about. To get your attention, they'll say, oh, okay, uh, Marshawn Lynch, he did it a few weeks ago. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, didn't kneel dur- uh, he kneeled during the national anthem today. Maybe I'll watch the press conference to see what's on his mind. What's going on in my community that I'm missing? Biscuits that and is, gravy. Huh? Biscuits and gravy. There we go. But that is the appropriate response. Yeah. When a person is peacefully protesting. And I hate the way that um, the media has kind of forced it down our throats and the you know the whole narrative of this season so far has been two things it's been two things Ezekiel Elliott and why does Colin Kaepernick not have a job and you know what's interesting about that is that all things considered Colin Kaepernick should have a job oh he should be backup to Dak Prescott or he I should, think he'd be amazing in that offense or he should be a starter on a lot of other teams. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and but what nobody wants to say, and I'm willing to say it, is that the men that run NFL teams are also running a business. Sports is not a free entity where you turn on your fucking TV on Sunday and it all just happens. It takes a lot of money to run these teams and to make them profitable. So the men that run these teams have the right to hire or not hire whoever they want. Especially when it's their money on the line. Yes. You know? It's a it's a business. It's a company. And Colin Kaepernick decided in a contract year he was going to get political. Kudos to him. He takes his money and he reinvests it in his community. Well, that's what he wants to do with his money. So... We've lost the ability in this country to see more than a narrow view. The way I see it, Colin Kaepernick should have a job based on his NFL ability. What he is saying is not a hurtful thing to say. Richie Incognito has a job after using the N-word and bullying a black teammate. Uh, Giants kicker. Got suspended one game for openly admitting to... Hitting his wife. Hitting his wife. But Colin Kaepernick, who did a peaceful thing that caused the uproar in a fan base, doesn't have his job. While I disagree with that, I am not a billionaire running an NFL team, unfortunately. So, the way I see it is that our president chose that moment to be divisive while sports used to mean inclusion in this country, it used to mean people of different colors, different backgrounds, different views coming together to support something. You're dividing that now. And we see in history sports always wins. Whether it's Muhammad Ali, 
Jesse Owens, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, sports will win out. And an important thing to consider is that presidents come and go. We need to focus on each other as opposed to what the president does every day. If you like Trump, that's great. You'll be fine for eight years and you'll probably not like the next president. If you dislike him, he's still in there. So focus on the person next to you as opposed to the person that's trying to cause problems. Yeah, do what you can to, you know, that's that's how I, I look at it. Yeah. You know, um, throughout the whole election process and after it was found out and announced that Trump won, it's like, well, you know what? I'm still going to continue to do what I do every day, which is treat people how I feel like I deserve to be treated and, you know, try to help out anybody that I can as best as I can yeah. without hurting myself. Right. All right. So just to wrap up this week, uh, we'll have some good stuff next week. We're uh, going to uh, Louder Than Life in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a great rock uh, music and uh, food and bourbon festival that hits uh, Louisville every year in Champions Park. Uh, so I'll be seeing Ozzy Osbourne on Saturday, Fire from the Gods on Saturday, and then we'll uh, check out Incubus, Rise Against, um, probably uh, Stone Sour. Oh, definitely Stone Sour. Uh, on Sunday, you know, hopefully get a couple drinks, a couple of special grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, so no football this weekend, and you know what? It ain't because of the national anthem. It's gonna be <laughs> no. because I'm gonna be out drinking and listening to rock music. Bet your ass I'm gonna be on my ESPN fantasy football app though. <laughs> Uh, might want to bring a signal booster because the phones do not work in a sea of 100,000 people watching the show. True. Live streaming for their friends on Facebook. All right. So once again, this has been uh, Josh and Scott, and this is episode 10 of Nerds Landing. We'll, uh, you'll hear from us next week. Deuces. <laughs>